0: All right, there we go. So we are live. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. I am Amanda Patty, and the host of the Radical Authenticity Sessions. Today I have with me Ronnie Landis, and Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformational coach, and a human behavioral specialist. In addition he is the founder of the holistic health mastery program the tonic herbal mastery program and has written several books one of which will recently be is due to be released soon right the inner alchemy program So welcome Ronnie it's an honor to have you on here today
1: mm, Thank you so much for having me I'm excited
0: It's my pleasure it's my pleasure so would you be willing to share with all of the viewers a little bit about what it is that you do?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah, so um, I'm an integrative nutritionist, as my bio says, and I do a lot of things. I'm a public speaker, I'm a writer, I'm a coach. Uh, I develop educational programs and disseminate them all over the Internet, and I'm really just like an infopreneur in a lot of ways, and a personal coach and, and a speaker. So those are the main things that I focus on professionally. And I just love investigating the fringes of nutrition and health and personal development and transformation. And really just getting that information out to people in every way possible.
0: Beautiful. And how did you get into what it is that you're doing? Most people have some sort of like path or journey or some Mm -hmm. thing that kind of led them to where they are today and what it is that they're doing. Uh, So are you willing to share some of your story?
1: Sure. Yeah, my background was as a martial artist and an athlete. And so I basically, long story short, I had developed a few knee injuries over the course of many years of being a full time athlete. And um, I just I, I reached a point where I realized that I could no longer get by by just doing the same old thing and, and eating the same old food. I really got introduced to this idea of natural nutrition and this idea that I could heal myself by just changing my diet and changing my lifestyle. So that was kind of how I got in the door of the work that I do now was through a series of knee injuries. I had two knee surgeries, actually. And I went through a lot of years of rehabilitation and changing my lifestyle so I could heal myself and get back to doing what I love to do. And eventually, I just found a fork in the road that um, I was no longer being called to pursue my athletic career. And I was being called to start actually writing books on, on health and transformation and start speaking in front of audiences and really focusing on nutrition as my vocation and as my mission. And just piece by piece, I started following that out, and I started speaking at potlucks at like raw food and vegan potlucks, and I started writing and um, just getting the information out there. And one thing led to another; it took on its own life. And um, you know, almost like ten years later, you know, I'm standing right here.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And how does your martial art and athletic background help inform? I guess your approach with your clients now, and your and your life in general.
1: Um, I think it informs everything, because it was really based on discipline. It was really based on developing a laser-like focus, um, very deliberate intentions, um, in structure and organization. You know, and in in managing my energy and where I put my energy, and the power of meditation and the power of positive thinking. So it informs everything. I mean, I I think it's just, I take it with me in every aspect of life. It's really, really about mastering, mastering the mind and the emotions. So there's a sense of mastery that, that I have that I think translates into everything that I do, everything that I get really passionate about. I feel like I can be the best at anything that I really dedicate myself to. And that's something that I got from martial arts and just really dedicating my entire life to it for over 25 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, those, those things are kind of built into me, but it's just basic ideas of, of, you know, putting your attention on your focus, the thing that you want to accomplish in life and just putting your attention on that as much as possible and disciplining yourself to, to stay with whatever the path is for you you know for me it was just it was just having my goals on the front view of every single day knowing what my goals were every single day so no matter what was going on i wouldn't get sidetracked too much because i knew what my directive was even though some days were really difficult and and hard to stay focused somehow i was able to come back on track and and follow through with whatever it was that I was um, pursuing, because there was a type of mental and emotional development. So my emotions don't get swayed too far for too long. Um, and I think that's something I really, I really gained from my martial arts background.
0: Hmm. And a lot of that informs the work that you do as a human behavioral specialist, right?
1: Totally, yeah, because yeah. all our behaviors are based on emotional impulses. And then the mind rationalizes very quickly whatever the behavior is. But it's always some kind of emotional catalyst. So um, I find that if we can be really in tune with our emotions and the mental response patterns that come out of certain emotions, um, then we can gain better mastery over our behavior and just have more more allowance for why we do what we do. And from that place, we don't judge ourselves as much. I find, um, as we develop that muscle, um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. But basically, what I find is that yeah, everything that we do has an impetus; it has a reason, and it's based on us trying to get a need met. Of some form or another, we're trying to meet some kind of need we have inside of ourselves. And if we're unconscious to that, then we'll carry out certain behaviors without really knowing why. Um, However, if we become conscious of that and place our attention on the catalyst, the emotion behind the behavior, then we can start to change the patterns uh, over time.
0: Now, how might you um, help guide somebody into developing that awareness if they're coming from a place of not really having the awareness of their patterns and their emotions, and how their emotions influence their thinking, and their thinking influences their behavior?
1: Um, I'll typically just ask them a series of questions that will that will open up a dialogue or an internal dialogue for them to place their attention on why they do what they do. So I'll just ask somebody in mid-conversation sometimes if why do you do that? Or why don't you trust yourself? Or why why do you sabotage yourself? You know, I'll, I'll reframe the question sometimes in a way that that interrupts the pattern or the story that they have around around it. But that's not really why they do it. It's just a story they have to explain something but it doesn't actually explain why they do it it's just an explanation for the behavior or it's a rationalization for the behavior so i'll just kind of go underneath it a few levels and just ask why it's usually some kind of sabotage mechanism or some way of avoiding avoiding owning our power so we don't trust ourselves completely so we give our power away to other people or to other authorities or to other entities of sorts to because we don't want to acknowledge that we have full power and full responsibility for our life. So we have all these coping mechanisms as ways to distract ourselves from that, that um, from acknowledging that we can actually change the situation. And then it kind of goes a lot deeper from there um, in terms of personal responsibility um, however, it's, just, it's usually just based on pattern interruption. Sometimes people need to have their pattern interrupted um, in order to actually get a clear awareness of the pattern because sometimes we just get caught up in the loop. We just get caught up in the pattern of doing things that we're not really fully aware because we're, we're like too close to it. You know, it's like a fish in water we're not fully aware because it's actually something we've been living with our whole life. And therefore it's, we don't have enough distance from it. So to have somebody objectively from an outside view looking in, give that feedback or to, to pierce into it, into the pattern I find can be very, very helpful. And it's just usually through a conversation. You know, it's not, it's not very complicated. It's just listening to people and then picking up on the patterns and then finding the moment to, to interrupt the pattern and then create a new conversation out of that one level deeper.
0: Hmm. And I think that's a really key point is, is taking it beyond the, just the pattern interruption into creating that new reality. Mm-hmm. And, and rewriting the story so there's an actual shift that happens and it's not just like oh there's a hiccup
1: yeah you get yeah
0: stuck on that that loop again
1: totally yeah. totally mm-hmm.
0: beautiful and would you say fear is one of the things that holds people back
1: i think fear really is the fear in. fear is the thing like i don't think there's anything other than fear i think fear ultimately it's some kind of fear and um so when you can identify what the fears are, then you can start to gain a better, a better level of acceptance over it. And oftentimes, people aren't really afraid of a situation happening, although they think that that's what they're avoiding. Oftentimes, people are avoiding the feeling of being afraid. They're avoiding the feeling of avoiding They're avoiding a feeling based in fear that is uncomfortable. So we have all these ways of avoiding the feeling which just perpetuate the situation. Um, However, when we can actually embrace the fear and move forward in the presence of the fear, then we can transcend it almost immediately. Um, however, we were never really taught this, so we, we find ways of coping with the avoidance patterns rather than just stepping into them.
0: Mm. So how would you, uh, I would say, especially coming from your martial arts background, how would you invite somebody to courageously step into and move through fear?
1: Uh, I would invite them to do the thing that they've been avoiding to do. You know, it's it's that simple. Like whatever you're resisting is usually the thing that is calling you forward. So I would just I would I would help them, I, I would just ask them like what are you resisting? And from there it's pretty simple. You know, it's just whatever you're resisting is a calling card, you know, telling you what to move into because that feeling of resistance is actually like it's, it's like tensing, tens of energy that wants to manifest and move, and it can't do that because we're holding ourselves back. And so really, I just say move forward. Just, just what's the next thing that you can do? What's the next courageous action you can do? Because you already know what it is. But we pretend that we don't know by playing small. And so we say, "Oh, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know." But that's not true. We always know what the next step is. We just pretend like we don't know. <laughs> so I just say, "What are you pretending not to know?"
0: Mm-hmm. It's so true, and I know you've said several times that um, you know what we resist persists.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's like, how, how long do you want to continue to experience
1: this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah.
0: Yeah. While we're on the topic of fear, would you be willing to share what one of your biggest fears is?
1: Hmm. I believe one of my biggest fears is not fulfilling my full potential in this lifetime. I just met with one of the top 10 psychics in the country last night. Oh, really? Which, yeah, which was a pretty wild experience. But she pulled stuff up out of my family lineage and out of my life that um, was so accurate and so spot on that I was just like, oh my God, there's no way you could have known this. I didn't even know this. Wow. Um, you know, and just pulled up so much stuff. And one of the things I think that came up was she said that. You're actually on your way out, you know, which I found very interesting, meaning that you don't have too many life cycles ahead of you. Like you're on your eighth out of ninth life, um, figuratively speaking. I kind of felt like I've, I've known that, but to hear that was like very corroborative um, in why I am the way I am and why I'm so driven and why I have such a motor and why I, I just like can't stop moving or thinking about purpose and destiny and dharma, because it's actually, it appears that I'm on my last leg here, and I got (laughs) to get things done before I I check out, Um, and yeah, and she said that you're on the, you're living, you've signed up for a life of mastery, which is one of the hardest things a human being can do, because it requires, um, you know, there's really no leisure time. So I, now I, now I just, from that question, this experience, I realize why I get so annoyed when people tell me to like relax or just do, you know, whatever, just, Oh, just chill out. It's like, (laughs) like, I, it's like, well, you probably have, you might have a lot more time than I do. So you may have more leisure time. I don't, I don't, I never really felt like I had that kind of time to, and now I, now I kind of get a deeper level of why that is. So for me, my greatest fear is actually missing out missing out on um, my own my own manifested potential in this lifetime and and not fulfilling my my kind of my overarching mission or or assignment if you will and so that's kind of that's also what drives me that's mm-hmm. the, the thing that I fear is the thing that drives me, and I think that's an important point is that the thing that you fear the most can also be your greatest motivation if you can get out of the fear and get into the inspiration and get into why you're on the planet, get into the, the motivation of it, and then come into alignment with that, then things can really open up in powerful ways. Um but it will but we have to we have to accept the fear but not really live in it we have to move beyond it into into like courageous faith you know and that's a big part of the the coaching work and that's a big part of um stepping up in our lives is we have to have we have to have like a type of not blind faith but we have to have a type of faith that that is so far beyond the expectations of other people. And so far beyond anything that we know, that's, that's like physically provable, but it's like the eye behind the eye, you know, seeing, seeing with the eye that sees behind these two optical eyes and, and stepping so fully into that. And that's really the age of the mystic. That's what I feel like is happening right now is that a lot of the, the hard warrior type of energy is is transmuting into that mystical manifestation where where we're stepping into our mystic identity or archetype and it's just it's just a step by step acceptance and an allowance of our true self to emerge once we we really you know we do this work and we 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 allow our fears to transcend Themselves. Sometimes we don't even have to do anything. We just have to be the space that allows it to flow through. Sometimes we're holding on to our fear and holding it stagnant because we're afraid of, of letting go because there's a story wrapped around our fear that is part of an identity that we've created and it usually has something to do with how we're trying to protect ourselves from some five-year-old seven-year-old. <laughs> eight-year-old experience but we're grown adults now it's like wait what what are, you know so it's like it's really silly when you think about it but it's real this is the things that that cripple people
0: right right and I always like to think of it it's like the ego protecting itself and from what I mean there's no real sure. tiger in the room we just have this false perception that geez if I move into this or if I move through this you know, this big scary monster is going to come get me where, you know, the fear of actually moving through it is much worse than stepping through fear itself.
1: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we don't have time either. That's another important point is like, you may be thinking like, well, I got, I got eight lives ahead of me, so I'm good. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not the reason. you know, yeah, That's, that's uh, <laughs> kind of another topic, but we really don't have that much time to be entertaining our fears all day. Like we all have an assignment of some sort and everybody's running around trying to figure out what their purpose is. And that's another thing people are doing to avoid what their purpose is, is by trying to find their purpose. It's like you already know. And really it starts out as simple as something just, um, something as simple as just being of service, you know, just being Mm -hmm. kind. You know, like not even looking for it. You can find it everywhere you go, just like opening the door for somebody or smiling or, or, you know, something that simple can actually create a momentum inside of us that that allows us to move into something bigger and something bigger and something bigger. But if we can't handle the smallest things in our life, the smallest acts of kindness or the smallest acts of service – then how are we going to expect that we can actually like save the planet? You know, if we, it's about living it, right. It's like, really, it all just comes down to like living it and not being perfect, but 80%, you know, like 70% at least of just full on alignment. And then you have a little bit of wiggle room to make your mistakes and, and be human and, and smudge up and, And cuss at the person in the (laughs) traffic or whatever the thing is, you know, that we're those little uh, mediocre behaviors that we all have. Um, But that's just kind of where I'm at with it is like, really, it comes down to living it, you know, not being in our head, but living it practicing the virtues that we either preach or that we would like to preach, but we're not we don't necessarily have a platform yet, you know, for all those people out there that are like constantly trying to find their purpose before they actually start living it. It's a kind of a paradox, but it's, it's, it's part of your soul's intelligence is that it's nonlinear. You don't have to figure out your purpose before you live it. You actually have to live it and then it reveals itself throughout your life.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's, it's paradox, actually. It's the more I go down the rabbit hole of reality, I find that the the, the secrets are in the paradox, mm-hmm. and it's actually allowing my paradigm to completely be broken open at every corner so I can be freed up to entertain the paradoxical nature of reality, because that's where miracles live. That's where magic lives, is in the paradox.
0: Right, right. It's that space between.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting too. It's like so many people seek outside themselves to try to find their purpose and mission. It's like yeah. the answer's right here.
1: Yeah, that's why. That's why the self development industry is one. It's I don't know what the numbers are. Billions and billions of dollar industry, and and it's great. It's amazing, and their same old rehashed, regurgitated message is recontextualized and re worded so many times that it just loses its potency it almost like people are jaded because it's just like oh well the the secret doesn't work it's like well (laughs) it's it's called a secret for a reason it's not like you watch the movie and then they reveal it all for you it's just like it's a stepping stone down a further a further rabbit hole of investigation so on, and that I just want to drill that point, too, is that, um, you know, one of the messages coming up for me, I just came back from a, a two-week trip in Sedona. I went on a writing vacation for my upcoming book. And I, I, a, a deeper level of my own purpose came up about, like, really stepping into being one of the biggest voices in my field and one of the most respected researchers. And I realized, like, I'm not... I'm not living that right now. I, I've, I've gone off track. I got focused on other things and I forgot about the, the, the work that got me to where I'm at. And I just realized like, wow, I need to actually activate a level of genius on another level. I need to prioritize my time more. I need to stop going out on dates. I need to like actually hunker down and focus because everything else that I'm seeking outside of myself will actually align with me as I'm investigating my own purpose and passion and what I' what I mean by that is that the investigation is the is the path you know the see again back to this idea of the secret the secret is an idea that you discover through investigating metaphysics through investigating personal development and, 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 and um these type of subjects, whatever subject really speaks out to you. There's an investigative process that you have to go through in order to, to get the secrets, right? Like it's reason it's called a secret is because it's veiled in mystery and you have to be willing to like fully dive into the mystery and the unknown in order to pull out the treasure.
0: It's so true. It's so true. It's like continually parting the veil over and over and over and over again.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's wild. So there's an interesting part in there that you had mentioned too, because you're very much a man who is like on point, on your mission, driven, on purpose, which is super healthy for men in general. Mm. I was wondering if you could Mm. speak to that a little bit. And then um, I'm interested too, if you would be willing to share with the viewers how you find – working, you know, really living on purpose and on your mission in with things like dating and developing a relationship as far as that goes, and whether or not those align, or if you find that it's kind of challenging and creates friction with keeping you on point?
1: Well, the answer to the second question, I don't. The answer is basically no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll explain that in a moment. What I mean by that So the first question from a male perspective is that we are biologically and archetypically designed to be pursuing some kind of mission. Um, And biologically speaking, when a man is um, congruent with his biological coordinates, his assignment, then he actually produces more testosterone. And testosterone is the androgenic hormone that dictates male health and libido and reproductive qualities and and actually what is severely lacking in society um, through many, many different factors. And one of them being this ancestral kind of drive to to, uh, be a change maker in the world in some way, some form or fashion. And so through the domestication process of society, Men are actually bred out of their wild nature, mm-hmm. which is why their testosterone starts to dip out. And we have andropause, which is the, the male equivalent to um, menopause, which is also basically what we call a midlife crisis. And so there's all these, these issues circling around the masculine dynamic in society because the masculine is essentially what holds up the ship. It's what holds the glue together for the feminine to be um, naturally manifesting creativity and miracles in the world. But without that safe container that the masculine builds, the feminine um, energy, if you will, not necessarily the woman, but the feminine nature of reality, the procreative creative creative nature of reality, it, it actually gets too wild and untamed. And there's no container to help help the flow move in an upward spiral, ascending dis- direction. So it just appears to be wild, and
0: mm-hmm. it just
1: goes crazy. It's like the phoenix. It's like the it, it's it's the it's the um, the wild phoenix, which is just like this this all powerful, wild, chaotic kind of expression. Because it's not tempered, right? It doesn't have any structure. There's no... So that's, that's, that's kind of something that's occurring where men, on a simple note, don't feel motivated or they don't feel in touch with themselves or they, they feel like there's something lacking. They're in their head too much. That's a sign of like hormonal, hormonal fluctuations as well where you know we're too in our head and we're not in our body doing things. Um, so that's kind of just a, a one level of it. Um, and men that are on their mission definitely have a, a much higher level of testosterone. Um, the greatest like entrepreneurs, male entrepreneurs, um, the ones that have been studied in their later years, like 50 to 60 all have a heightened level of testosterone. So that's, that's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. For yeah. sure. And
1: then the, the second question about the whole dating thing, like, I just realized it's just a massive distraction. It's just a massive distraction. Cuz what am I doing? I'm trying to meet some need for companionship. I'm trying to get some meet some need met. Maybe it's like a a physical sexual need or something. Um, and that's all well and good and it's also a massive distraction. And so one of the things I realize at this point now is that um I just can't entertain distractions because I, I, I'm I like, I'm constantly now I'm really looking at the clock. I'm like, oh man, okay. This just got really real for me. Uh-huh. Just like, a, like a psychic literally told me This are on it. your, this So it's like, man, like what am I, am I going to forfeit my mission for some dates? Mm. No way. I'm, I am, I better get on track. And the beauty of it is that, it requires it, – no, it allows us to get so in alignment with ourselves that we can f- – our ability to be in alignment is like a filter. It filters out all the non-essentials and all the experiences that are unnecessary so we can actually just have the, the correct experiences that are correct for us. So to, to bring in that perfect partner. and. Mm-hmm. From that perspective, it's like, it may take a while, but it's fine because I, you know, that's, that's the deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like that vibrational match will come. And then it's yeah. like, almost like, I don't want to necessarily say double the energy, but then it's says those two rivers meet and just propels things forward. And you have two people who are yeah. living on their passion, on their purpose and on their mission. Then it becomes mm-hmm. this really supportive thing versus a, a distraction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it becomes like a destiny dynamic opposed to just like a dating dynamic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, without the games and the social programming and the the, the one, two, three steps before we <laughs> we sleep together or whatever the I mean it's like it's all it's all just ridiculous really, like the social programming behind it. And it's like, it really like people have all kinds of agendas and expectations and they're putting on a front until six months later, you find out who they really are. It's like, forget that, <laughs> forget all that. Like I'm just be so committed to your own development and your own path and purpose and your own happiness that it almost gets to the point where you don't need somebody else that you, you actually become the perfect uh, invitation for that person that actually is not codependent either.
0: There's mm-hmm.
1: a lot of times we're seeking outside of ourselves because we haven't transcended our own codependency.
0: Right, right. It's, it's that, you know, you complete me thing from like Jerry yeah. Maguire versus I'm complete in myself.
1: Right, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So what would you say your mission is?
1: My mission is to be a force of education and inspiration surrounding natural nutrition, raw living foods, superfood nutrition, tonic herbal nutrition, helping people understand the concepts uh, around detoxification and cleansing, hormone balance, neurological health, and and actually allowing people to, um, or you know, helping people to understand how to live a pain-free life, and live in a way that you know the, where they actually forget that they were ever in pain in the first place. Mm. That's, a, that's a huge focus of mine because people are so stricken in pain that they almost don't even want to be here anymore. They're just ready to check out. So they have unconscious death urges, which are associated with their coping mechanisms. So they're slowly dying opposed to to living, really. It's like a slow death process. And so I really want to help people to, to help to heal that inside of them. So they are so well-nourished and vital in their body that they don't even want to check out. They want to be here for the, for the long haul. They want to be here as long as possible.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and that made me really think, You know, at least with some of the people that I work with and I know people that you work with too, it's like pain is one of the biggest addictions
1: Yeah, yeah. people have. People are addicted to their own pain. That's why they don't heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. It's like so many times we think of, you know, drugs, alcohol, sugar, all these external things, but it's like what's the underlying cause? You know, what's mm-hmm. the driving factor that's causing us to numb ourselves out? Mm-hmm. From what we're really feeling. Mm-hmm. So I'm super curious. A while ago you had mentioned either wanting to adopt a tiger or open a tiger sanctuary. Is that yeah. still on the
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually got another piece of clarity around around uh, another part of my life that will happen at some point. And actually I, I feel like it's gonna it's going to come into alignment with also raising a child in that environment my own child at at some point in my life and so that's really interesting to me that's definitely something that's near and dear to my heart I feel like that is definitely a part of my purpose to start a a tiger cub rescue sanctuary and raise um, you know rescue tiger cubs Um, they're one of the most beautiful wild animals in the world and they're on the verge of extinction and Uh, that's just a calling that I have. So I definitely, that's definitely coming down the pipeline at some point. Um, Being a part of reforestation efforts is part of the pipeline. All that really coming back into nature and helping, helping the natural ecosystem flourish once again is a very, very important part of my personal path. And I want to make that important to other people's path is I can't think of anything that is more important than, than helping the restoration of our ecosystem and also those sentient beings that have not been domesticated and supporting them and in, in not only surviving but possibly re, you know thriving, possibly you know, getting love and care because the animal kingdom has been so damaged by human unconsciousness That it's it's almost unbearable to even imagine. So, that's one little piece of the puzzle that I wanna. I'm really inspired and excited to to uh, contribute.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So, what's the connection with tigers?
1: Uh, I feel like that's my spirit animal. Yeah, I feel like I am. I'm. I have the spirit of a tiger. Yeah, and that's been (laughs) reflected back to me in many different people in many different synchronicities, actually. Uh, I feel very strongly about that, like the eye of the tiger thing, like I definitely have that, I always have, I have that wildness to me, um, that untamability, and I can relate to a wild animal on the verge of extinction more than I can most human beings, Mm -hmm. so that too speaks to me, and it's just like I would rather be around lion or tigers than, you know, most people. So I, I mean, that just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd ra- I would rather yeah. hang out. I'd rather hang out with, with tigers. So, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So if you could give one bit of, I guess, advice, on any level to the listeners, what would it be?
1: Um, hmm. It's a great question. Um, I would say that it's essential that you learn to take care of yourself. You learn to love yourself. You learn to forgive yourself and you really practice those virtues In every area of your life and I really think the food thing is the most important thing actually for most people to get started with because that will That will initiate more changes in the human body and in the brain than any other thing It's very difficult to be in an attitude of gratitude if we're if our body is full of pain Um, we're basically trying to rewire chemical toxicity in our in our tissues and our cells, we actually have to re before we do the personal development work, we actually have to like flush out the chemical toxicity and the memory toxicity that's been conditioned in our physical body. And I mean this gets like really deeper into this can go much deeper into like the metaphysics and in more of the phenomenology, the phenomenal, the paranormal kind of aspects of, of um, reality. And when it comes to like um, negative entity attachments and, and things of that nature, whether people believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It's, it, there are certain phenomena that are going on in our reality in the unseen world that are directly correlated with the toxicity in the physical body. And this is how these, these energies, these, actually attach on to people i've i've gotten the scientific breakdown of how this works from very from people very high up in certain um fields actually got completely broken down for me and i'm like okay that makes sense so like when someone gets a colonic i've seen people that get colonics and all of a sudden they have like a spiritual epiphany or a complete transformation of their personality. And now I'm like, okay, now I actually understand what's going on there. Certain energies that were uh, inhabiting that person and sucking them dry, sucking out their energy like a vampire, have been flushed out. They've been ridded from the body. And that's basically what happens. When people get on a raw living food diet and they get on high high superfood diet and plant based diet, all organic, of course, they get on to spring water, they have a change in their personality, their actual attitude and their their level of like, um, the, the conditioning goes down, the conditioning of their their psychology starts to actually dismantle and their belief systems start to open up. It's, it's amazing the things I've seen with people and just the transformations that occur. So I feel like for most people, they need to actually upgrade what they're putting in their mouth, and mm-hmm. go all organic, right away, going all organic, eating more and more plant-based foods, like I would say like at least 80% plant-based foods, high living foods in the form of green leafy salads, water-rich fruits and vegetables, superfoods, all that kind of stuff. And just, and just start going down that path. And then from there, um, everything gets a little bit easier. Everything gets a lot easier. There's more grace that comes into our life. There's more allowance. There's more acceptance. Um, you know, so I feel like that would be the number one. That's why that's my, my number one message is because I think that is the number one message in the world right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of what you were sharing very much just reminds me of parasites, you know, whether it's negative entities or actual parasites in our body and yeah, yep. you know, how we choose to give our power away to other people to mm-hmm. allow them to feed off of us because that's a choice.
1: Totally. Yeah. And, and, and
0: asking yep. like, how much do I want to live?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause any of that is, is a signal very much like, Oh, you know what? There's a part of me that's decomposing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it all comes down to, do I want to live or not? And so when you can get in that place where you're, there's no question mark to that question, and it's like, yeah, I want to live fully, and then that's when you have full control. But as long as you're un- incapable of fully answering that question within yourself, then um, – you know, it just means that we're not fully in alignment. You know, with our with our mission, with our soul, with our purpose, with our health, um, all of that. You know, it's, it, that's a beautiful question to ask yourself. Like, how am I? How am I killing myself? How am I sabotaging myself? You know, these are very important questions that we really need to start asking in our day and age, because one thing affects another. And so if, we, if we're holding on to subtle death urges, then that's going to create a ripple effect into the field. But if we're, if we're letting go of that and we're fully stepping into our, our aliveness and we're devoted to living, then that's going to ripple out into the field and it's going to inspire other people to break out of their death habits and start living more.
0: Yeah, and I think you're using the phrase, how am I killing myself? It's like super, super powerful and potent. And it's like a massive, yeah, it's really honest and really a massive wake-up call. How am I killing myself?
1: Yeah, 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 not am I killing myself, but how How? am I?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and am I willing to choose each and every single day
1: mm-hmm. life? Yes.
0: What does that look like? What does it feel like?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. So do you have any upcoming events that people can check out, and where in the world might they be?
1: Yeah, I have one retreat coming up in Nicaragua um, at the the last week. It's a seven day immersion retreat. I'm going to be co leading with a colleague of mine, um, Amber Hartnell, who's an amazing transformation coach, and we're going to be doing a game a conscious game changers retreat. We're going to invite. We only have I think four more spots for this retreat left. It's going to be a six person immersion. And we're going to go super deep on all levels for five days. There's going to be integration activities. There's going to be – and then there's two, two following days for total integration and recreation and reflection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so that's going to be happening at the end of April. There's four spots left. People can find more information about that at ronnielandisnet slash retreats.
0: Beautiful. I will mm-hmm. um, be sure to link that below so people can, can easily find that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be amazing.
0: It sounds like it's going to be absolutely amazing.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where can people find out more about you in general? Should they want to reach out if they're interested in exploring mentoring or coaching mm-hmm. with you?
1: Sure. They can uh, go to my website, RonnieLandis.net. And I have tons of my own content, my podcast, my um, coaching, and all that kind of stuff um, laid out on that website. And then they can also find me on Facebook, Instagram. They can find my podcast on iTunes. It's the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. Um, They can find me on YouTube as well. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay.
0: Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you being here and having the opportunity for us to connect and for you to share your remarkable world.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure.